0: Welcome to another chapter of In The Keep Podcast. I'm your very own prophet of the Drowned God, The Motherlode. This show is all about the world of arena first-person shooters, classic FPS games, their legacies, their lineage, and the people who keep that world turning. These are the players, the developers, the streamers, the influencers. It is the will of the Drowned God Catholic that our communities band together in her cathedral to frag and give one another into oblivion for all eternity. I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving holiday. It is time now for Catholicism, the most important holiday season of the year, which comes with a lot of things. We got, you know, actual Catholicism, where we all celebrate, give each other gifts to praise the drowned God. It's it's an amazing time of year. Also, there's, between now and then, there's International Arena FPS Day on December 21st. Shout out to Nabe. Uh, that's going to be fucking awesome. We'll probably try to do some sort of event uh, in that time frame to celebrate the, the wonderful day, the birth of Arena First Person Shooters, the whole reason why we do this podcast. With that said, man, uh, if you're going to be doing any shopping for Catholics, which I expect you should be, you do it online, use Amazon. Remember that we do have the Amazon affiliate link. You can find that on our website. Anything you buy there, it won't cost you anything extra, but it will go back into the community, that small percentage that we do get from those sales. Uh, also, if you would like to go to inthekeep.com, which is where you'll also find that Amazon link, you can find all the tabs, the Amazon tab, the Patreon, PayPal, all that shit. You can also find our Merge tab, where you can go to our Redbubble store. So consider doing that. Uh, what else do we have on the housekeeping list? We got. Oh yeah, okay. Big thing. uh, Every Friday from now on, every Friday evening, if you're in North American time, it's a bit skewed. If you're European, we'll try to work with you. But point is, Friday nights Warfort Frag Fridays in the keep. Be there. Join the Discord to get all the details on exactly when they go down and what we'll be doing and everything. But it's a, it's a thing now. Every Frag Friday, Warfort. Be there. Enjoy that. This episode though, let's talk about it. Is with uh Christus who developed the fucking wonderful and awesome new arena first-person shooter, and also features a single-player mode, Doombringer. And holy shit, man! Like I, I had a uh, mixed thoughts about this game when I first tried it. I was like, I don't know how I feel about it. Like I just felt like I kind of seen this before, but over time, I kind of saw the different streams coming in. You know, crazy Owl doing stuff and. Uh, Jahar doing some stuff, and I was like, man, I'm an idiot. I I really need to give this another shot, and I did, and I really enjoyed it, so I reached out to Christus, and we got him on the show. We also... uh, You can go on our YouTube and check out the two Maps of Madness videos that we did with him, where we kind of, like, go through the single-player maps, and then a couple of the multiplayer maps with him as he explains the game to us. I hope that you find those uh, enjoyable and useful. But I had a great conversation with Christus. I really, really enjoyed this one, and I hope that you... Get everything that you possibly can out of this conversation because I certainly gained a lot, personally. Before we get into it, I will mention the music that you're about to hear is by Igrac Simon. He is the bad motherfucker, always DJ it up for the keep. I really enjoy it. A lot of the music that you've heard on this show thus far has been by Igrac Simon, so I just want to give him props and say that you can go check him out on YouTube. That's I-G-R-A-C-S-I-M-O-N on YouTube. Check out all of his awesome music and... That's that, baby. Out any no further ado, let's give him a key, Christus.
1: So, okay, so my name's Christian Christus Cal. Uh, uh, I'm the developer of a small game called Doombringer which is uh, an uh, arena FPS and single-player Doom-inspired game as well, all baked into one, just like in the good old days. Um, currently, we're working on getting our first episode of uh, the single-player campaign out, and we have... a. Uh, Fair bit, a bit way, bit off, ways off yet, but uh, looking, getting closer to it.
0: I think because uh, anyone who's kind of following, we just did like two different streams. Hey, sister in the background, she is here.
2: <laughs> yeah, we uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> we did play through the single player portion and the multiplayer portion of Doombringer, and both honestly very impressive for me thus far. The single-player portion obviously doesn't depend, depend on you going through all the trouble of getting client shit to work and ports shit to work, mm-hmm. and we had some issues with that. But I, I do want to say again that you, you're you well ahead of the curve, and, and I feel like you were a bit embarrassed, but well ahead of the curve even having that as an independent developer. Uh, we see a lot of independent games, or even like New Blood Interactive with Dusk not having client uh, or, or server support for their game. It's just... I get on, I have to set up my own local server in order to play Dusk with other people. So good on you for doing that ahead of time.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Uh, uh, Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is benefit of using an engine Mm -hmm. with a a solid basic framework. So you get a lot for free there. And since it is the Quake, uh, NetQuake engine, uh, Dark Places... You also get a really robust, solid uh, first-person shooter engine on, to play with, Playing, in, you know. Uh, we talked about uh, how a lot of these games that have been developed, they don't generally use the most uh, obvious engines. A lot of time, like Unreal or uh, Unity or whatever else. Uh, is popular right now uh and there's usually someone asking why did you pick this engine and i think uh obviously or uh, obvious from someone who's playing those games a lot uh answer is because they are ostensibly better suited for it than these large uh sandbox engines.
0: Yeah, I agree 100%. I think that it's kind of basic math. Like the more complicated you make something, the more can go wrong with it. You know, it's like mm-hmm. Murphy's law. Anything that can go yeah. wrong will go wrong. So the less that there is to go wrong, it will be better uh, generally for a player mm-hmm. experience. That's why, to, in my opinion, still to this to this day, Quake World is the cleanest uh, user experience. I mean there mm. there could be better hud options there could be better um just general settings options anything like that you know easy quake has some messy issues but in general mm. like the actual play player experience so smooth never never played a game that was more perfectly smooth than that uh D- doom yeah and uh, certain source sports also could to take the same title
1: yeah i mean easy quake is probably to be a bit critical, uh, one of the worst cases yeah. of messy configs. Uh So, yeah, that's... I mean, you have a lot of options, of course, but the way just editing the config manually is like hundreds and hundreds of lines of uh, commands there and mm-hmm. the scripts and stuff, it's just way too much. I don't think it's helpful. I try to keep uh, everything clean and simple. So with the HUD configs, for instance, uh, you can set up the HUD for in, uh, as you want it pretty much. Uh, but I try to keep it as simple as possible because uh, I think people will use it a lot more if it is simple. And if they want to make their own scripts, of course they can do that, but uh, I don't think it's a good place to start,
0: you know. Well, on that note, with Doombringer, uh, something that I've taken a lot of note in and have really appreciated thus far uh, with my experience in it is that right out of the box, when you boot up the game, you have the ability to just kind of start off with like a really old school, like very retro. You know, eight hundred by six hundred. Sister having a beer? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, me too. Oh,
1: uh, it's a Coke.
0: Ah, uh, whatever. <laughs> I just that that sound is so important on this podcast. Yeah. For, but uh, the the fact that you can have that really retro like nineteen ninety eight experience with Doombringer is incredible. But also, you have the immediate option right out of the box to just go straight to like uncap your frame rate, go right to like one forty four or whatever you prefer you have the 16 by nine resolutions. I, I I personally set it straight to, you know, uh, 10 p which mm-hmm. felt really good. And then you, you also have like, you, you've really thought of every option. I feel like there's not a whole lot, um, that I think people are going to want out of a game like this, that you haven't already put into the game itself. But can you talk a little bit about where that came from?
1: Uh, Depends on what you mean, really. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, for instance, uh, I try to make uh, adjustments available mm-hmm. for every set- setup. So, for instance, I just got a, a ultra-widescreen monitor, and then I realized, oops, I need to actually accust- uh, make the game work with this mm-hmm. resolution as well. Uh, so I meant I had to redo a few things or but I want to give the player the option to play the game the, the way they want to. Right. So everything, everything I can make customizable, I try to make customizable.
0: Well, the, the modern dev, right. The modern triple A dev, uh, just as kind of assumes everybody's on it, like a 16 by nine or wider screen monitor. And, you know, is playing at mm. above 120 Hertz, you know, for a first person shooter, uh, mm. Or if it's on a console, even then you know just cap everything at sixty. Like you have a lot of options here, and you've provided basically everything in between. Even if that's and through th- trial and error, you've done it.
1: I think uh, part of it comes from my history as uh, part of the Doom community, mm-hmm. where you have so many options. You have the source port. Uh, That you want to have, you know. You have everything from Chocolate Doom that is aimed to be an exact replica of the Doom engine or the Doom game as possible. And then you have on the other end, you have something like Vavoom that is more Quake almost than Doom, or Geezy Doom, which is uh, its own thing as well, Uh, or what's it called? Uh, J Doom, you know, you have all this this uh, fan of options uh, where where you can basically pick the engine that best suits you. Everything, Boom, Eternity, uh, etc. And I think uh, trying to uh, appeal, I think uh, that's a good way to appeal to more people is Mm -hmm. to. Give them the option to do what they want with the game, C-
0: certainly. Rather that- than
1: rather than tell them this is the way the game should be played, or this is the way the game should look, or whatever.
0: Inevitably, we're going to end up with people trying to play your game on a CRT monitor. Like it's going to happen. <laughs> That's just kind of how oh. I, dusk, even w- with uh, the same way, like that. Immediately, I just started seeing all these mm-hmm. people like, look at, like, what, look, look at, it, oh, look what I did. Like I have this crazy <laughs> old school setup, like. For some reason, nostalgia sells today, which is good for this podcast and for, for people like you who are making games that on one hand are totally cool and modern, and on the other hand uh, kind of harken back to yeah, a day of purity, in, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and um, more, um, I, w- I was going to use the word nuance, but I'd rather say preferable first-person uh, player experience. And and that's really important.
1: Yeah, if you come, I mean, if you look at the eighties or not eighties, nineties, and how different the different uh, the FPS games were from each other back then. Uh, I mean, you had everything from System Shock to Redneck Rampage, Mm -hmm. you know, coming out, and something could be very campy or just. Hilarious! Another game was very complicated, uh, 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 more almost more puzzle solving than actual FPS. But it was this spread of different games, and now most of the games that are are FPS games are either uh, like Bioshock inspired games Mm -hmm. or. In the other case, which is the most of them, I'd say the modern military
0: Right. Call of Duty, Medal of Honor. Yeah. All of which technically are based on the Quake engine. <laughs> like, yeah. if you want to really get down to it, <laughs> it's.
1: Yeah, so is Half Life.
0: <laughs> yeah, re- Retro Ahoy. If you watch, watch the Quake documentary in Retro Ahoy, he actually takes a whole part of that documentary to walk through all the modern games that are kind of. Based on the original Quake kind of source code, even or, or up to Quake Three, and it's incredible. Like Medal of Honor, you know, Half Life, uh, everything Valve, mm-hmm. Portal, Qu- Counter Strike, everything that's based on the Half Life Gold Source engine. Um, like it's, it, everything kind of stems from the same branch here. And you're using a uh, a community uh, version yeah. of the Quake One engine to kind of create your game, which is. Fucking fantastic in my opinion. I think you couldn't have picked a better engine. Look at Wrath uh currently blowing up on the Steam Charts. Mm. Same situation. So obviously you're you're making some good choices here. It's just a matter of getting this game in front of people, and which we will do eventually. I promise.
1: Once it's in a state where it don't take more than a half an hour. It takes a little more than, more than Half an hour to finish the maps, <laughs> because well, we did play, but it took us about a half an hour to go through this for me maps that are available, yeah,
0: not for you, like what a minute and no. a half for you would,
1: would oh well, the third one is gonna take a bit more time, I okay, think, but yeah, uh, because that that one is a bit more sprawling than the others, you know also it's a bit more. Difficult. Well, I actually made it simpler now uh, than it used to be. It used to be really difficult. But if you go for pistol-start map games, uh, it will be a bit more of a challenge as well. Or if you go for the highest difficulty, and it's probably going to be close to impossible <laughs> whenever, when the monsters keep respawning.
0: So let's let's take a step back here kind of walk back through your journey into this so you, you're a doom guy uh you started off playing doom at what
1: point uh the first time I saw doom was somewhere sometime in nineteen ninety four on the school computer okay uh, uh so after that I was pretty much hooked uh it was like I had never seen anything like it. I remember getting quite confused by how they did this the magic that happened on the screen in front of me. I, I remember even thinking the only experience I really had with uh, textured uh, 3D was from uh, full motion videos before. So I was under the influence that that was the only way to do uh, do this. And then I've seen games like uh, alone in the dark and stuff like that the next and so f- for some reason my stupid thirteen year old brain or fourteen year old brain thought they drawn every everything was a single picture you know right so, so i got got the infl- i realized shortly after that that was quite stupid but uh So I thought every it was like a full pre-rendered everything. You just moved around, and they had a a picture for everything. (laughs) So um, even today, that wouldn't be possible, of course.
0: (laughs) Even less so today. Like then, that could be feasibly more possible than today, with like the crazy graphics and everything. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. Well, don't say that with good stadia. Everything is pre rendered now. <laughs> Sending a stream. Uh, yeah, so, but um, then I learned about that there were level editors for Doom, which was fantastic because I wanted to make games ever since I played Castlevania on the NES. Uh, so I man- after a while, we managed, me and my friend managed to get hold of an editor and. Uh, Since then, it's pretty much been my main hobby to make games. Had a while in my twenties when I tried to make it into the industry to work on for a proper company and stuff like that, but uh, eventually I realized that that was probably not what I wanted with my life anyway. Because uh, I realized learned more about working on games as a uh, profession was probably going to be more soul draining than anything. Yeah. Uh, So I went back to making my Doom mod, uh, Heretic, and I worked on Hexen mod. And then I I got uh, a friend who asked me about uh, if I wanted to make a game with him. And then I started making the game, and then he bailed out on me. And then I started working on Doombringer. And eventually, I got uh, the guy who made the Edge uh, Doom mod, uh, Doomport, also made uh, Oblige, which is a, uh auto-generating uh, Doom level editor. So it's an AI-controlled... Doom level creation kit uh, he started make, he approached me about programming for Doombringer so he basically laid the foundation for the source in Doombringer to which I once he left uh, I took over and learned programming as well so it's so been quite a journey We the game started like bits and pieces, you know, just sketching ideas in like 2013. And in 2015 was when Andrew joined and he did a lot of work for about a year. And then he said, I had enough now.
0: Okay. So I I started this tangent saying, let's take a step back. And then we did, and then we've worked our way back forward. But I want to take another step back because it's something you you said – You've wanted to make games ever since you first played Castlevania on the NES. Hmm. Castlevania, like, that was the game that inspired you to make games?
1: Yeah. Uh, When I first played it, I went home and started drawing up ideas for my own game, basically inspired by Castlevania. And this was in the 80s, of course. So I had no computer. I had no NES even. I didn't have anything of that sort. So I started drawing worlds on paper. As uh, I mean, I've been more than seven or eight, maybe mm-hmm. ten. And uh, eventually, I started making board games instead. Um, Do with what you have, you know. Uh, I'm not gonna say they were great. They were mostly knockoffs of existing board games. Uh-huh. <laughs> But I tried to some- make something inspired by Castlevania, at least. So I made this sort of dungeon-esque game where you move right thr- down through a dungeon mm-hmm. and you had to make it through certain hazards. I'm not sure. It, it was a, a dice-rolling game, basically. So you moved forward the steps of the die. Right. And uh, can't I can't remember if I had much in... I can't remember the traps if there were much of them. (laughs) So, but I remember I had a boss fight at the end where you were supposed to avoid shots from the boss by throwing die. And if you had a good roll, you avoided a shot. If you had a bad one, you got hit. Stuff like that.
0: So I was I was born a little later than you. I missed the Castlevania run, but I did get into like Super Metroid that that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I, I really do like. Have a pre-existing appreciation for that uh, genre. For instance, like mm. today, I was playing Valfaris, which is a kind of new addition to that genre. There's you know, Dead Cell,
1: like uh,
0: people, there's lots of mm. games like that uh, now. Yeah. For some reason, that's come really, come back.
1: I really like Dead Cells. So yeah, I played that quite aggressively for a couple of weeks. It's <laughs> uh, then- really good.
0: You you moved on to you said you made some mods for Heretic and Hexen?
1: Oh yeah, that was uh I started actually so after I gave up on my plans to become a level designer or a designer in the game commun- game industry. Mm-hmm. This was in the late two thousands. So it would be in two 2000- thousand 9 or something mm-hmm. Well, like I said, I, because I had been working on uh, this po- uh, mod for Doom 3 called F- Doom 3 Phobos they mm-hmm. actually had uh, their first release about a year ago uh, and in the end I was so fed up with because they were v- really professional you know, they were like we're gonna do this and this and this and everything has to look Pristine. It has to be perfect. Can't, can't uh, just get things done. You know, which was, it just became worse and worse the further I worked on it, because nothing became fun to make anymore. Because it was like everything had to be scrutinized and just an endless treadmill, basically. And I realized that this is probably what it's going to be like working on a game for a company as well. Yeah. And uh, uh, so I went back to making a heretic uh, expansion called uh, Curse of the Sparrow that uh, garnered some appreciation. People thought it was uh, a de facto heretic uh, wad to play for a for a lot of people. Um, and then I was working on an expansion or other follow-up to that for Hexen, since that felt like the natural step to do. I had done something with Heretic, and then I did was going to do something with Hexen, but I never really finished that, because uh, Doombringer came in and basically swallowed up all the time I had to do with... Uh, that wasn't spent at work.
0: <laughs>
1: gotcha. So after a few years of uh, the Hexen mod, just laying on my hard drive, I basically just released what was there in case someone wanted to do something with it. But uh, so far, no one has take, picked up the torch to finish it. So, right. So let's get Maybe back. May-
0: Go, ahead. Go ahead.
1: Maybe I'll get back to it eventually.
0: Let's get back into the meat of the conversation here. So Do- Doombringer, you've been doing mm. ever since. Um, yeah. What what inspired you to make Doombringer in the first place? What was your vision uh, starting off?
1: Yeah, that's a good question, really, because I'm not sure if I had a vision as much as I had an urge. <laughs> uh, I was kind of fed up with the Doom engine because it's uh, not actually a 3d engine it's a 2.5d engine is called mm-hmm. uh, you know you make a map in a 2d space and then that is interpolated by the engine to make it look kind of 3d but it's not really 3d so a lot of uh, circumventions has to be made to do certain aspects of it of course when you move to 3d you get other things you have to take into consideration and so there is a trade-off in both cases. But uh, <clears throat> I had an idea to make a an arena or rather a Doom-style game that was pretty much off-ball-to-the-wall action, super-duper over-aggressive. Now, as an idea, that might sound fun for a while, but uh, after a while, you kind of, ah, I don't want to have Metal blaring in my ears all the time, maybe (laughs) a lot of the time, sure, fine. Uh, But gotta uh, break it off with uh, you know highs and lows, so uh, it calmed down a bit. But uh, it's still a pretty aggressive game. So I guess I once you get get into the groove of it, uh, it's a more aggressive game than Doom, I feel at least so.
0: Yeah, I but, mean, for sure, definitely.
1: Not quite, not quite the jackhammer of uh, endless uh, metal that I <laughs> first imagined. Uh, first, but, uh, first impressions wise,
0: just speaking from an outside point of view, Doombringer to me, um, takes the super shotgun of Doom and puts it in Quake Three. And then takes away the plasma gun and gives you the machine gun. And takes away mm. the or you know, the, the machine gun of Quake mm. Two. And then takes away the machine gun that you get in Quake Three <laughs> as the starter weapon and gives you kind mm. of a, a similar weapon, the like the pistol in your case, but mm. similar to the blaster of Quake Two. I think I said mm. that to you earlier on Maps of Madness, but that's kind of how I see um Doombringer working it it feels very much to me like quake three uh mm-hmm. w- obviously with uh your you explained it very well earlier like can kind of different movement a little bit yeah separated from quake live and quake three
1: that was uh also an idea I had for it. I mean sometimes these things kind of mush together in my brain after all this, after a few years you know Mm -hmm. Uh, so one of the more clear ideas I had for a game this was before I even had I think this was back when I was playing Quake Live quite a lot in yeah 2010 perhaps even before I had an idea of how to go about making a game like this uh, because I felt like I didn't have the requisite skills to uh, make a game without someone actually doing all the programming right uh but the idea I had was to make a single player Quake live <laughs> uh, uh because I quite liked a lot of things about quick Live, but sometimes I just wanted to have some fun with quick live and uh
2: right.
1: not uh, go be so competitive as you kinda of have to be to really enjoy Quick Live, I felt. You know, so I wanted something that had these elements of Quick Live, like the lighting gun which you could pin mm. pin your enemies with. But I wanted a single player aspect of it. Uh, so from that perspective I guess uh, from what you said I kind of succeeded <laughs>
0: well with that with that exactly what you just said there have you played quake champions doom edition uh not seen it played okay i
1: don't but know yeah, if you're i know what you're, you don't have to well, be a actually, fan did,
0: of the podcast yeah. or anything but if you do go back and listen to mm-hmm. uh the db thanatos and michaelis episode of this
1: show mm-hmm.
2: I listened to Yeah,
1: same thing. Uh, to that podcast. He, yeah. he talked about uh how they actually got uh, the blessing from Bethesda or from Id?
0: Yeah, or? kind of. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. But kind of <laughs> <laughs> I mean they had to change the name of the yeah. game and everything, but what yeah, what you're but- saying. It's not just isolated to you. It's kind of what I'm trying to get it at. It's like a lot of people feel that the the Quake 3, Quake Live, Quake Champions even experience the multiplayer-only Quake experience. People have seen that. They're like, why can't I do this by myself? Like, why not have a single-player version? And you've done that. You've really done that. I just just played through three excellent, really fun maps uh, in your game that I felt like, uh, why haven't I been doing this all my life? So... Kudos
1: to you man. and those are just a bit first maps correct I'm looking forward to this coming down the line when mm-hmm. you can really go uh, yeah, turn up the you know turn up the heat with a, like uh, like in doom you have you always start with these call maps mm-hmm. and then you come with arch and Pain elementals and um, you know, revenants, everything coming at at you at once, and, and you I, have all these weapons, yeah, you know, BFGs and rocket launchers. Too.
0: If I could go a step further down that line, I, I think that um, what you've done with Doombringer and what we're seeing kind of enveloped with this game, I think that you. I don't remember what you were on. It was some stream that I was watching, but you were explaining mm. how you had originally kind of thought of this as a single-player game and mm. then decided the to en- focus on the multiplayer for some reason.
1: Yeah. So the first engine I was making it for was actually the Rack engine. Right. That's where right. I started. That's what That's what it was. And Rack didn't have any multiplayer, but I, I didn't see that as a problem at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I did... It was a slight problem. I wanted to to have co-op as well. Mm -hmm. But uh, I was was like, yeah, the Rack Engine has good uh, editing tools, has options. Uh, Mm -hmm. But uh, for different reasons, I decided to move away from it uh, because I wanted to do things that it still wasn't ready to do. And so I tried different engines. But yeah, I had an idea that if I'm going to make a game... Uh, I don't want to sit with half a game three years down the line and not want to finish it. I want to have at least something that I can say, okay, this is a game. It's not the final game, maybe, but it's a playable state. Like, it's a complete game for what it is. So I figured if I make a single... Since the engine I chose now had multiplayer, I could always make a small multiplayer game. And that game could be, if I if I decided that, okay, I don't want to do this anymore, then I could just say, okay, this is a game. If someone wants to take it further, they can do that. Uh, if not, then this is the game and probably no one was going to play it anyway. But then at least I had done that. I would have felt like I had completed something, you know, so I, then... I would only have to make a couple of maps. I would only have to make a set of weapons, etc. Uh, and once I had that, I would be able to go through with the single player and still not have uh, wasted all that effort on something that I couldn't use because everything I had down there would be able to be used in the single player as well.
0: So in regards to Rack, you, did you have like a relationship with Carney at all?
1: Yeah, uh, we talked a bit, and uh, the idea was that he was going to support me with uh, stuff for, uh, like, if I had something that I wanted added. Uh, But uh, it didn't really pan out like that, and I can completely understand why, because it's one thing to want to help someone with something, but when you're making your own game at the same time... Mm -hmm. It's pretty. It's a. I have a better appreciation for it now than I had back then. But uh, yeah, it's a tall order to accommodate someone else at at the same time.
0: Yeah. You know? Well, in it, talking about Carney, somebody that I truly respect. I've had him on the show before. I really love everything he's done. Truly, uh, one of the big things that I told him about. Rack Exoverse before it came out, like I don't Mm -hmm. let's put this on the on the record. I told him before Rack Exoverse came out. I was like, is there gonna be a co op version of this game? Because like we're talking Mm -hmm. about a a Tower Defense FPS, you know, roguelike game. Mm -hmm. Like this screams co op, this screams multiplayer. And there was none. And the game ultimately kind of failed, resulted in Mm -hmm. the end of their company, you know, Big Boss Entertainment kind of came to an end at that point mm. and it, it disappointed the fuck out of me because like I thought it, the bones of the game were excellent the bones of Rack have everything they need to be successful it's just like what happened, Carney? Like, I don't know
1: so yeah, f- you, you were already like on that train was, yeah. I felt like that was something that was really missing from and I, I mean, it's a big it's not something you just throw in as a small developer, of course. but Right, right. The same for, was for uh, uh Rack 1. Uh, had it had co-op, I, I would have played the shit out of it with uh, friends, you know? I love co-op uh, mm-hmm. as a game mode. I played it more uh, than I played most other things, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Except maybe Quake Live.
0: <laughs> oh, it's the most but fun I, way I, to I test was, a deal uh, mod,
1: right? Yeah. Like, do it in co-op. I, I, yeah. I played a lot of co op in Doom. Uh, I've made every game, every mod I've made, I made sure that it has uh, support for co op in one way or another. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's a shame that it doesn't get more attention, or when it gets attention, it can also get uh, like an afterthought in many cases. Like Rage had like six co op maps mm-hmm. instead of a proper co op campaign. Uh I bought games simply because they had co-op. For instance, you know.
0: What about Youngblood? Like Wolfenstein Youngblood was a whole game just dedicated to co- co-op, and then it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Same. I bought that one. I played it in co-op. Uh, I don't. It wasn't great or anything, but it made me it gave me a chance to get in contact with an old friend, at least. Yeah, so that's what it's about, few, right? Yeah. So we had some time fun and playing co-op together. And then we talked about, yeah, we should do this more and looking for another game to play now.
0: (laughs) You should play Bloodborne. That's how I I played Bloodborne all the way through co-op with a buddy because there's no way Mm. I could beat that game by myself. Like I had no temperament Mm. to beat such a difficult game, but it makes it better. Like it does. It really does make it that experience better. It could be you could publish a shitty game with co-op and somebody's gonna play it with their friend and it's gonna be a positive memory for them. In your case, yeah, you have an excellent game Uh that if you put co-op in it, it'll just be better. So,
1: well, there, there is co-op in it already. Mm-hmm. So, we should do
0: that too on stream. <laughs>
1: yeah. We we could uh, try that actually,
2: That's
1: but uh, then I'm gonna have to set I'd have to set up a server first for it. Yeah, not me.
0: I, I was yeah. fucking retard. Didn't know what I was doing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh mm-hmm. because uh, otherwise yeah, we, we can uh I can get back to you on that another. Yeah. We can do that.
0: So because, so Doombringer. Uh, yeah.
1: Um so yeah, I actually added a few custom uh not custom, a few HUD elements just for the sake of co op and mm-hmm. uh, so you can see how much health your friend has and what weapon they have and stuff like that. Make uh, make things easier to communicate, you know. Eventually, I would like to have like in Doom, we have a spy cam. Yeah, I press a key and you can see where the other one is, and that would be nice to incorporate as well. But um, I haven't uh, figured out. It should be fine, fairly easy considering already had spectating in, you know. I'm not sure if
0: Jahar mentioned this, but in PvP, that's a an excellent spectator tool to have mm. as well. Like if you're uh, doing, especially yeah, especially if you're doing uh, shout casting, like to mm. have both players on the same screen and kind of switch back and yeah. forth. But there's still the other player's screen there is really, mm. really, really helpful.
1: Yeah, and uh, item, item uh,
0: timings, and all that shit.
1: Screen, screen in the screen going to be a bit more complicated, of course, but I'm pretty sure it's possible. Mm
0: -hmm. It's totally possible. It's just a matter of doing.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, CPMA has added this uh, really slick. uh, You can watch as many people as are on the server, I think, at the same time. Yeah. It's pretty pretty cool stuff. Uh, Should be in every game. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Let's talk about you. uh, you a little more too mm. as we go. Finish your thought, mm. though. Finish your thought.
1: Uh, it's, uh, I remember when they added a split screen uh, in uh, the Doom engine mm. before uh, mm. it was Doom Legacy who did it first. You could see that it was not as simple as just telling the game to, okay, have two screens, presto, done, because it was a lot of work to get it to, to you know, they had to basically... In this case, they had to basically write the same thing, but twice. You can see that because uh, HUD elements and stuff like that had to be re-entered. In the way they did it, of course. I'm pretty sure it's more uh, with portal engines, more efficient ways to do it. Like, Yeah. Um, so the Quake engine, of course, is better suited for stuff like that. Especially, oh well, the Doom 3 engine, which is the Portal engine. Okay. Sorry.
0: No, Sorry. no, it's cool. You're nerding not out on making me. Any sense. It's not that you're not making sense. I'm sure you're making sense to someone who knows what you're talking about. I am, like, as I told you earlier, like, I have no computer science background whatsoever. This is just me as a curious member of the audience, like trying to uh, make sense of what I'm playing and enjoying it. So that's what it sort of really comes down to I know what I like. I don't know anything about what goes into it. So I'm learning that from you and other people like you.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I'm learning all the time as well. I'm yeah. by no means uh, an expert yet. Uh, really just uh, an enthusiast. <laughs> yeah.
0: Same thing. Just uh, yeah. let your, yours, uh, before you on, on the spectrum of mm. getting into it. So, um, I do have to bring up the fact, and I'm sure listeners will have wondered why I haven't already brought it up. You're Swedish. Yes. What the fuck is up with these Swedes and first-person shooters? Like, why are you guys so good at this shit? It's ridiculous. I think
1: it's Scandinavians in general, actually.
0: Yeah, all of you motherfuckers. All, all Scandinavians. It's ridiculous. Like, you, loktar BPS, Milton, yeah. all been on the podcast, all from Scandinavia, all ridiculously into these like Doom,
1: Quake.
2: Yeah.
1: And Here you are. We were like, at LAN. We were at LAN the other week. You know uh, this guy? Uh, I'm not. What? TimCon?
2: Yeah. I, I followed him the, on
0: Twitter. Uh, I don't know what the fuck it is. Tell me more about it.
1: Okay, so. Tim Conlan is a land that uh, uh, the guys who had Arena FPS the ah. news mm-hmm. uh, that podcast uh, started at the home of uh, Tim Ellison, mm-hmm. which is uh, one of the guys, uh, and hence it's called Tim Conlan. Uh, so it was first just uh, Tim, uh, that's Nepo, um, Galandrar, Marso. Uh, Crazy Al GMT and um Qualks. that was the first one the second one I joined as well so I packed my monitor in my luggage and pulled the over to England and met the, the guys there and after that they decided to expand the thing and have uh, it at a What's it called? Uh, Internet cafe over yeah. in uh, Liverpool, where we've been for... Mm, mm, mm. Which was, was it? Was it seven this time? Mm. Uh, or was it eight? Keep, Many keep years. Count. Yeah. So it was like six events at the, this same place. Six or seven events. No, yeah. six or yeah, something like that. Five or six. Okay. Uh And then they decided to move away from there because uh, they stopped liking the the guy who owned the internet cafe. He uh, had a bunch of stuff that they didn't agree with. So they didn't want to support him anymore. Mm. And then we found this, well, not we, they, uh, Al and uh, Worst Wessel, found this uh, cafe in uh, uh, Holland that we went to. And we were there, right? this the other weekend. So I think that might be the new uh place for TimCon Land going forward. It was really really cool place. Everyone had a really easy time getting there. And uh they had a bar. So every, everyone could drink beer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, um, no I got a follow from Timcon or whatever. Something like that like a long time ago on Twitter and I was like what the fuck is this? What is this? And then it's so cool that you're bringing that full circle for me. So, uh, with that said, uh, anybody from that organization or Tim himself or whatever invited on the podcast, please, I would love to talk to them about uh, the history. That, that, of
1: that. would be cra- That would be crazy, Al. That you want to talk to them? Well,
0: then tell Crazy he, he, <laughs> Al, I want to talk to him.
1: He's the leader. <laughs>
0: it's crazy. Al's uh, is a weird fucking guy. I'm gonna be honest with you, dude. Crazy Al <laughs> is he's crazy and he's Al. A hundred percent, dude. I I remember. I'll be honest about I it. Don't think, <laughs> Go ahead. I don't man. think he'd argue with you. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean he chose
1: I, this name after all.
0: Well, uh, <laughs> a while back, I wrote a really shitty article about uh, Reflex. This is when QuakeFans.net, a mm-hmm. uh, website that I kind of write for, was first mm-hmm. getting started, and I was I was honestly a novice. I had no idea what I was talking about, and I was trying to get into different arena games different arena shooters Mm -hmm. I really didn't know what I was talking about and I wanted to write an article about Reflex because I thought Reflex was super cool like this is a really cool game but I honestly like I had the minimal amount of experience in the game that you could possibly have Mm -hmm. and so I wrote an article and then I posted it Uh, it was dumb as fuck it was really bad and I put it on his discord uh, AFPS discord and crazy Al wrote me back immediately and he was like this is fucking bullshit. (laughs) Like he was so, he was so mean. He was so unbelievably, I never had anyone be that, that mean, like just honest to goodness, mean to me in my life. Like this is fucking bullshit. Take it down right now. You're an asshole. And then I PM'd him afterwards and I was like, Hey man, Mm. I, I, I'm not taking any of that shit personally. I just want you to know that like, I'm sorry. And I would like to get it right in the future. If I do this, you know, if I'm kind of doing this kind of thing, and I, w- I really do want to honestly, like, represent you and the Arena Sheener community well, if I'm going to do this. And, and he was like, uh, thanks for not being a fucking bitch. <laughs>
2: that was- <laughs> yeah, that's
1: but- <laughs> that's uh, actually quite impressive that you could be a bigger person in the situation. Like
0: nah, this. man, I don't take any of that shit personally. I've been through far worse. I'm just saying, like, crazy, he's a good guy, man. He's like, He's been really good to me. And he's hosted streams he, and everything but yeah.
1: <laughs> he managed to get himself into trouble with people with that um because he he can be quite aggressive so. people, but he's always been nice to me
0: <laughs> you can't you can't go around being like on one hand i 100% like you can't go around being mean to people like that like crazy i'll be nice fucker but on the other hand like <laughs> You can't, you can't take everything personally, especially not online, because people are just fucking fools. Like people act like dickwads, and that's just the way it is, and there's no getting around it.
1: So yeah, it's very, whatever. it's very easy to be aggressive to someone or like tell them to go fuck themselves when uh, you're not standing right in front of them. Yeah, when yeah. you're just writing it.
0: No, then I don't take that shit personally, I, Crazy Owl. I love you, but like, be nice to other people who are softer
1: than me. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I mean it, Tim Conlan is mm-hmm. it's a pretty cool place to be if you were like are in FPS games uh, definitely. Yeah. I mean uh, they have Gaia come in every time now. Uh and uh da- Dracu was there? No, Dansk. I mean Draku was no, it wait. there? Was he there was or not? It Dansk? Was it Dansk or was it Draku? It's a big Basically. difference. <laughs> uh, the all these names blend together. It's all uh, good, man yeah, gotta check <laughs> i I'm really bad at names, so it's
0: perfectly fun
1: about this year. Is there any
2: oh Jesus Christ,
1: uh wait um. Oh yeah, it was Team Con Lance eight this time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so they've been going on it for about four years because it's twice every year, which is it's almost like DreamHack at this point.
2: Uh, there we go. Uh, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. We'll find out eventually, folks.
1: Yeah, it was Dansk. I figured it was Dansk. Okay. Yeah. So it's that what Dansk was there, he's from Finland, mm-hmm. so obviously. Uh then we have at owl who was there, he was He's uh, a lot of Norwegians and Finnish guys. Uh uh, also, who is making maps for Diabotical was uh, there. So uh, was
0: and, and Draku uh, is testing for Diabotical because he's a speedrunner. They're having him like test all the maps and mm-hmm. everything. He was on QuakeCast. Uh, good, uh, Truck's one of my good friends. QuakeCast. They do a lot of coverage about that. They did a whole episode with uh, Draku talking about. Diabolical and how he was testing all the maps and everything, which is another really exciting if it ever comes out <laughs> first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. But like in your case, to tie it all back into Doombringer, Doombringer already out. Please go get it; like it's free. Like play it. Yeah.
1: Can we and talk a little bit? We'll have single. Player. No, 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 go ahead. And you talk. We'll you single- talk. <laughs> and the next version will have single player. <laughs> <laughs> which uh,
0: that yes. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm sorry. Let me take a minute to laugh. Yeah. Uh, you you mentioned earlier like kind of your model for when you do roll out the proper Doombringer for for everyone to
2: uh, run, yeah.
0: buy. Uh, what what's your sales model? Because I thought that was really interesting, and I want you to kind of like talk about that,
1: if you will. Yeah. So I don't know if people remember how Doom was rolled out, but uh, I had a a plan for a similar method where you basically have a free game Mm -hmm. and then people can buy buy, uh, what's essentially an expansion to that game. So you get the free game, the game for free. And then if you want to play more, you can buy the... So after playing the first uh, episode, you can buy the two following episodes or whatever it becomes uh, for a a, uh, set sum of money. Uh, And to be honest, I'm not doing it to make money for myself, but I I do it uh, so I can pay anyone who helped making the game, Uh, give them what I think they deserve, because uh, these guys who... Like Matthew and uh, um, Primeval, they put a lot of work into their part of the game. And I think it would be nice to be able to give them uh, what they're worth, you
0: know? What if I, like, what if I did that with the podcast, right? Like, here's a third Mm. of the podcast. (laughs) 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 Pay me a dollar and you get the whole.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: It'd be fucking ridiculous.
1: Want to see how it ends?
0: <laughs> no, I, I think podcasts should be free. But you know, you're, you're, yeah, you're you're ta- you're barking at the right tree, and I I think that's 100 percent the best way to market a game is to like give people a taste of what it feels like to play the game. Not like not the PS one fucking demo, although that was fun. But like truly, like here's the first couple, three, four levels of the game, and then if you want the rest of it, pay for it. Makes sense and, to me. Uh,
1: and we'll I mean, be able to just like with Quake or Doom play that episode mm-hmm. and then feel like okay this this was cool. This is fine. I'm full on this, you know. Yeah. Because it will be a complete start and middle and finish. Uh now if you want more to see where it goes. You know. So don't just oh yeah, you've got half a map to play with. Oh yeah, that's that, didn't feel very (laughs) exhilarating. Yeah. (laughs) You know, uh, so, and I also want to try to get people to make maps for it, you know, so it's not important for me to. Also, that's now I'm starting to jump around a bit, but uh, this also means that the multiplayer will always be free. Yeah. So anyone who wants to just come and play with multiplayer you know it will always be available to them they don't have to buy into that uh, now the multiplayer has been calming down significantly the last couple of years but uh, that's why I'm really focusing on the single player now because I think that's where people are going to find most we're going to find most traction with people
0: right I, th- I think that a single player campaign will be the best way for you to reach an audience first and foremost make a profit and then then you can turn that around and put that back into your multiplayer kind of deal here where the mm. people have a basis and like, okay, I've played through the single player. I would like to get into the multiplayer scene maybe they do maybe they don't, but the point is that you will get more attention making a first person shooter single player old school game right now in this market. Mm. That seems like the way to go.
1: Yeah, um, I feel a bit stressed, really, because after all the these couple, last couple of years, there's been a bit of a, a resurgence of these games in general. I mean, we have all this Dusk and Amid uh, Evil and uh, Iron Fury and Wrath, and I'm probably forgetting something now, but.
0: Rack Exiverse. uh I mean,
1: I, I could go on forever. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Before, uh, yeah, we had Rack, and then we had uh, Rise of the Triad before that as well. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't think that was before. Uh, blood Fresh Supply uh, to a le- to a lesser. Yeah, Blood did came back with a with a prop. Uh, I'm not gonna. Say there was a, a lot of Bloodites that uh, did not appreciate that version as much. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I didn't play Blood that much back in the day because my computer had problems running it. So uh, I was on a four eight six, and I had to turn off the sound to not get frame drops right. in Blood. Uh, so so I'm no no expert on Blood, even if I did enjoy the atmosphere and the world of blood was pretty pretty insane. yeah but uh, anyway uh, all these games are coming out now and um, so yeah it's uh, it's a shared market but at the same time all the people who like dusk for instance they're probably going to be interested in more yeah. games like that because I mean I bought everyone that come out just to check them out you know if nothing else so I'm not sure if it's better or worse for a game to be uh, surrounded by other games like this uh, I mean dusk's probably being so early and probably benefited a lot from not having too much competition at the time and uh, but I mean all of them are quite different at the same time as they are of a similar uh, coming from a similar place, you
2: know. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I trust you, like hundred. I I agree with mm. you. Like they all come from the same place. Of people want to play mm. this type of game, obviously, or else it wouldn't be such a huge market demand for it. The question is, what do, exactly do they want, and it's who's going to nail it? Dusk nailed mm. it with a single player has yet to do so with the multiplayer. You're Mm -hmm. arguably you've already nailed it with the multiplayer, have gone even further than Dusk in doing it with, you already have server support. It's just a matter Mm -hmm. of, if you can make that server support work dependably, Doombringer is already fucking fantastic as a multiplayer game. And also, you're venturing into the single player market of it as well. So if you can bring all that together, if you really can pull it off, Doombringer is right on top. Like there's really not a lot to argue with what you've done with Doombringer. I think it's fucking fantastic. I I wouldn't, I wouldn't have invited you on the show if I didn't really like it. And at first, honestly, I had my doubts. I was like, Hmm. man, another one of these fucking like, uh," like I got in it. I straight jumped around a little bit. Like I didn't get it. And I was like, "Uh," Hmm. and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it again. And that's when I messaged you. Like I, I did it again. Played it again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I like it. I was being a dick before. I was in a bad mood. <laughs> I didn't have enough beer. I didn't, I, you know, whatever. I'm trying to quit smoking. I didn't have a cigarette mm-hmm. that day. Something like that. I came back. I really liked uh, it. Truly. And I, think, I wouldn't have you on if I didn't like it.
1: Yeah. I think uh, a lot of people had the same reaction as your first there. Yeah. Because I... I uh, Come into contact with it quite a few times, like someone asking, "Well, what is the difference between this and Quake Live, or what is the difference between this and CPMA, or whatever they uh, come from?" You know, yeah. And um, the straight answer is, of course, there's small differences that have a, a large impact because, I mean. Uh, it's a similar game. No one's going to deny that. But uh, the way it's uh, being played out, uh, like CPMA and Quake Live, they play vastly different, even though they have the same a lot of the same assets and stuff like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but the mechanics of them are so so different that they completely. Uh, it's not like. Uh, the same people wouldn't play the same game generally. Correct. And joy. So, while Doombringer is, uh, I think, a, a bit more laissez faire in its uh, gameplay than either Quake Live or CPMA, it's more. I tried at least to make it more about having fun.
0: Well,. With well, that all, all that said, man, uh, we're uh,
1: about an hour. And I'm not saying quite live and CPMA isn't fun, of course, but uh, no, of course, but but it's they are highly. I'd say they are highly competitive, first and foremost, and I think that's the target of them as well.
0: <laughs> I uh, I think that Doombringer has the potential to go both ways. I think it has the potential to be become one of those highly competitive games. It also has the potential to be a cool casual single player game that anyone could enjoy and you've really gone out of your way, man, like more so than any member of the uh, just casual community that I can think of to kind of try to like provide that to people. So you first of all you deserve a pat on the back. Second of all
2: Thank
0: you. Um, we're an hour in, so you mm. you also deserve the the opportunity to say any final words you have to say, like what, what do you intend for the audience to get out of this? Uh, What do you want them to know right now? And where are you going in the
1: future? Well, uh, final words. I would like to thank you for inviting me on your channel. Uh, No problem. uh, What is coming in the future? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe don't sound so exciting, but generally, I want to finish this. Make a not finish because I probably gonna have additions to make to it later, but make a playable episode mm-hmm. from start to finish uh, for a release for people to play with and to get some competitions going, you know. For level design and uh, speed running and stuff like that, because I really want to. I really love speed running as a as a concept. Mm. I'm not very good at it, but I enjoy watching it. Uh, so all that. Uh, so if anyone is interested in uh, those things like level designing, modding, speedrunning, then there's plenty of room for them in the Doombringer Discord. Uh, we already have a few maps. Uh, people who make maps, but it's mostly on the multiplayer side, of course, since that is what is available right now. Oh yeah, yeah. I All also right. want to thank thank my sister uh, for helping me with uh, motion capture for the for the enemies and players.
0: She couldn't seem any less interested.
1: Ah. <laughs> uh, She's busy. She's mad. <laughs> Hi, sister. She's we love you. Uh, she's uh, she's uh, using up my uh, alcoholic markers. Okay.
0: All right, All well, yeah. You're invited on anytime in the future that you have any news to share or anything. If you just want to chat, like you need somebody to talk to, I'm here. You don't even have to do it on the podcast. I'll just talk to you. It doesn't uh, matter. So I really yeah, appreciate it. Looking forward it. to that.
1: Uh, have a, it was been great. <laughs> it's been great uh, talking yeah. to you. Uh Really, I really enjoy the podcast and all you're doing as well. Uh, yeah, man. thank you. Been watching your tournaments and stuff. Uh, watched the, uh, I think it was, Open. Oh, yeah, it was Open Arena. Whoa. Uh, on, ah, uh, sick. On on um monsoon. Yeah, you were playing at the same at the same server. That was pretty cool. I thought.
0: Yeah, dude. Um, hopefully, this podcast will garner some more in my community to play Doombringer, and we'll have North American Doombringer tournaments. But that's up to the people, not up to me. I, mm. I hope so. I, I genuinely
1: perfectly understand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Take care, buddy. anyway Take care.